Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Tutel Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour number two with Cy Sermon joining us in just a moment. We are happy to be with all of you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are well. Hope you are distanced socially from one another, but not mentally and emotionally. Can you do that? Stay, stay emotionally close with physical distance. I think we could pull that off. Uh, Boys and girls, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen all the time whenever you would like to. Just search Tutel Nuanas. Listen uh, at that time, whatever platform you would like. The podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. You can also, if you would like to, listen live on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live via the Listen Live tab on the website, 1029ESPN.com, the stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. It is time now for our ESPN Roundtable. It is brought to us by Paradise Falls. We go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in former Montana Grizzly, an outstanding football player, a guy who played basically every division on the offensive or defensive line for the Montana Grizzlies in his four years playing for the Grizz. Cy Sermon on the line. Cy, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Good, how are you? Well, we're doing great. We appreciate you being on here with us. Now, we talked to, oh, your, we talked to your teammate, Angel Villanueva, yesterday. And let me tell you something. You got a high bar in this interview, my friend. He did great work for us yesterday. <laughs> so we're expecting fire from you. Oh, he always does. Angel's yeah. a great talker. He is a great talker. There's no doubt about it. Well, man, hey, listen, let's talk about this this past season and the progression over the, the, the years that you were a Grizzly, playing your career for the Grizz, two different coaches, and eventually getting to that high watermark of a, of a national quarterfinal. What was it like to build the program over those years and get to where you did? Well, it was really special because you kind of saw it from, you know, stage one all the way to the final product. You know, we were everything is brand new coming in with a brand new coach, you know, and, and Bob Stitt and everything like that. I mean, I was a linebacker back then on defense, so right. I had my own little personal journey going through all these different positions as well as, you know, the whole program going through different coaches. And, you know, it was – it was uh, I got, I'm going to say, I mean, the season was a great season, and, you know, a lot of guys, including myself, are really proud of, you know, what the program turned into uh, from day one back in 2015 when we all stepped foot on this campus. We might have to give you a little assistant producer credit too, because I we did it. I, I knew that Angel was a good talker because uh, just from interviewing you guys throughout the season. But we actually did get him really rolling when 
you said to me earlier this year, you said, hey, man, if I had made a 30 for 30 by anybody on the Grizz football team, it would be Angel Villanueva. So I just teed that up for him and said, tell your story. Man, what a story. Crazy story uh, from that guy. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned going through it with a guy like that. I mean, you guys played next to each other this year, played across the ball from each other and probably hit each other plenty in practice. So uh, having a fellow senior on the team and having you guys both earn all league honors, what was that relationship like? What was that experience like going through with Angel? Well, I mean, Angel was my rock. You know, because when I, I mean, as a center, you know, you have, to, you have to make all these calls. You have to do, you have to read the defense and all these things. And I was brand new to it. He, you know, he knew what he was doing. He, he was like having a, like a co-pilot, you know, if I, you know, learning the ropes and things like that. I didn't quite know all the tricks of the trade at first. And he'd be right there to help me out. And it was like that throughout my entire uh, career as a guard and center. And, you know, he was the guy I looked up to and, you know, he's the guy in the locker room giving the speech, you know, he's. He's someone everyone looked up to, and he was just a warrior. Fought through so many injuries and and continued to play at a high level. So I mean, I mean, every, I wish every center out there in America could have a guard like Angel. You know, Cy, it's interesting because you you finished as a center and you're you know an all Big Sky Conference player at that position. But like you said, you started as a linebacker for crying out loud back in two, 2016, and then move up to the defensive end, defensive tackle. <laughs> then you move to the offensive side of the ball, and you're playing on the offensive line and as a center and so forth. But the first of all, the ability to be as versatile as you were over the course of your career, but also the the willingness to do so. Where does that come from for you? Where you said, like, look, you know, whatever, basically, whatever you need me to do, I'll figure it out. I'll eat what I need to eat. I'll lift what I need to lift, and I'll learn it. Yeah, it's just it's, I come from a big football family, and we're very competitive by nature. And I just wanted to get out there on the field, and you know, in in order to do that, you know, make some sacrifices and. It took me to center or guard and then center, and I, I just wanted to play and I wanted to contribute. And it was kind of funny. I, my uncle Peter was a linebacker in the NFL for the Titans for a bunch of years, and I always looked up to him. And when I got my offer as a linebacker, I was like, "Yeah, man, this is this is it. I'm a linebacker, I, you know, I accomplished it." But my dad was always saying he was a D lineman for Idaho, and he was always saying, "Man, I wish I played O line in my career." I wish I played O-line. I thought that was kind of funny how that all worked out because, of course, I did. And, you know, I love it. And so I I would have never have guessed, you know, even even the year leading up to it when I was a D-tackle, I never would have guessed I would have been playing O-line that season. But it just kind of came to me at lunch. We had some we had some uh, injuries in the O-line. Some guys were quitting. And we were all sitting there, the food's eating lunch during fall camp. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, I could do that because I was – I was a depth player on the D line, and I was thinking of ways I could get on the field. Played a little bit O line in high school, and I decided to go up to Coach Houck and uh, ask him if I could uh, give it a shot. And next day, I was over with Coach Germer. When did it first click for you playing center? Because to me, just talking to you and getting to know you a little bit on a personal level, you have the mind of a center, certainly. I'm giving myself a compliment by saying that too, because I believe I have the mind of a center as well. <laughs> no, but oh, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, it seemed like it clicked for you right away. But what, at what moment did it click, and why do you think it clicked so easy for you? You know, I got to give a lot of credit to Coach Germer. It was uh, actually I remember this pretty vividly. We were it was winter conditioning, and you know he was there coaxing me into center, and you know I was doing extra film sessions with Germer, and you know one day he was like, "Hey, you know, I think you could be really great." but you got to take it this seriously and you have to really commit and you have to come in all the time. You have to be in every day and you got to watch this film with me and all this type of stuff. And, you know, that was one of the first times a coach really told me, like, I, I think you could be all conference. I think you could be amazing at this position because my entire life up to that point, my entire college career, I, I never really got to play all that much. You know, I was mostly a depth player and I, I changed positions so many times to hear a coach say, Hey, you could be truly great. You just got to do these things and kind of put that extra effort into me. That, that, that's what got it out of me. I was in there every day watching extra film. I was in there every day writing up X's and O's with Germer. And that's when it started to click. You know, I started to see the bigger picture. And um, you know, I, I love Germer for that. I and mean, I think he's a great coach. And, I mean, he's the reason why I succeeded as center. And now you know it's the greatest position on the football field, right? Oh, it's so much fun. So much so fun. Much people fun. don't people think you're kidding when you say that, but it's like playing no, pitcher yeah. in baseball or something. Like you control the whole thing. It's so yeah. fun. And, and that's the thing. A lot, a lot of, a lot of only football enthusiasts really know. I mean, football fans they 
they see the quarterback, they see the receivers, the touchdowns, those types of things. And, but they don't see what the center is really doing. And, and you know, this is centers across the nation, not just me. It's just they have so much to do with pass protection and, and run blocking schemes and, and where the running back even goes. Uh, it all falls on what they say. And uh, it, it's a lot of responsibility, and it's really cerebral. Um, and so it definitely takes a second and definitely took all those hours, those extra hours watching film to, to understand it. But I mean, once you get it, you you got it and it just clicks and it's second nature and you're out there and, you know, bullets are flying. It's, it's, it just comes to you and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, you mentioned your uncle who coached it, uh, who played in the NFL for the Titans for seven years and now has coached all throughout the Pac-12. I believe he's at Cal now. I know your dad played college football. Your other uncle played college football. I mean, a smattering of, of representation across schools in the Northwest. Being a part of a sports family like that, I mean, you got cousins that are still playing D1 football as well. Mm-hmm. Being a part of a, a football family like that, how much did that influence just the way that, that you came up and, and your ability to understand the game? And I mean, how much do you think that helped you play so many different positions at the college level? Yeah, well, it's like having football Wikipedia at your fingertips. I mean, so much, so many different experiences that everyone had and different perspectives. And, uh, and I mean, never one. I get this question a lot too. And I, never once was were any of us really pressured into it. You know, it wasn't like an expectation that you know we're sermons, we play football, you know, or anything like that. But we're just we. There's just like a love of the game involved, and and everyone loves it, and. You know, my my grandpa played over at UW, and he has his experience. And he he actually rubbed off a lot on me. He, his football career was ended by an injury, and this was you know I think it was a torn hamstring, and this was back in the '60s. You know that was a career ender, and he was always like you know no matter what, just always, just always keep competing, never quit. And there were definitely times in my career, you know, in the you know the depths of spring ball and third team and change position for the third time. You're like, I mean, why am I doing this? But those little tidbits in family, you know, keep you going and keep you motivated and eventually get you to where you're going. And that's what I've been blessed with. And my family is, is so many different stories and different, you know, life lessons that they all accumulated through their football careers. I got to benefit from. So it definitely helps. Cy Sermon joining us. He's a former center for the University of Montana Grizzlies in addition to having been defensive end, defensive tackle for uh, the Grizz throughout his career at the University of Montana. It's our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And Cy, it's interesting too, though, you come from such a football family, not just the guys who are players, but hugely successful. You mentioned, of course, your your uncle, uh, you know, being, you know, uh, a major player in the NFL, among other things. So the idea of going to the league, I think for a lot of kids, it's just this dream that's out there. But for you, you were front and center to that and coming from a family that played that. Now that you, you, it took a while, but you all of a sudden find yourself in this position where you feel like, hey, this is what I've been built to do. I could do this. This is something that I'm good at. And you kind of find your niche. And then all this stuff happens out in the world for crying out loud. And now there's no pro day and there's no, you know, how do you get in front of scouts and all that kind of stuff. And I know there's, you know, hope and potential to say, hey, look, I'm very new at this and I'm already good. Let me have a crack at this. So what's that been like this last several weeks or so trying to navigate this now uh it's been a ride and, and and nobody has the answers you know and i mean the coaches the the nfl i mean roger goodell probably doesn't even know honestly it's just it, the situation mutates every day but uh the only thing you can do is control what you can control and that's working out any way you can it's you know to just just to stick into the program and it, things will work out it's not like Montana is the only place that isn't doing a pro day. Everywhere is not doing a pro day. So we're all kind of in the same boat. And so I, I really don't know overall how it affects everybody. If it's, if it's a, you know, so we're going to hurt chances or not. Um, the NFL still seems to be active in contacting guys. I've had a few people get a hold of me even still. And but I, I mean, I'm still hopeful. And I think that it's a, I think it's definitely going to be kind of interesting. I think that this whole situation is going to change a lot of things forever in the way football and business and everything is conducted. So we'll just have to see. You know, so I want to take you back to something that you said earlier on, and and that was when you were 
on the defensive line and you're seeing that you're kind of a depth player there and then there's depth issues on the offensive line, you said, you know, maybe that's a, a place that I could go try and work into. And you are the one who initiated that to, to Bobby Houck. I think a lot of times people assume, well, the coach to ask the players, hey, we need some help over here. Would you be willing to do it or whatever? But what was that conversation like when you approached him and broached that subject? Like what was the interaction there? Yeah, yeah no, it was surprisingly simple. You know, I, I kind of expect something – some long drawn out conversation, but he was just on an exercise bike up in the champion center. I walked up to him and said, Hey coach, you know, I, I know we're kind of thin on the O line and I, I want, I'll do anything it takes to play. And I, you know, I played a little bit of O line in high school, so I'm kind of familiar with the position. And he goes, well, what would you weigh right now? And at the time I was only 268. And I told him that and he goes, well, I think we can work with that. You know, let's talk to the coaches and, uh, we'll get back to you tomorrow. And I said, thanks. He said, you know, I never would have thought of that. You know, I, and I was kind of, kind of struck me right there. Cause I was, I was thinking about letting them approach me, you know, it was kind of a mental debate, you know, should I just keep quiet and the coach will decide what, what needs to happen or should I just go take the initiative and talk to my dad? And he said, just, just, just go ask, just go ask. And I'm really glad I did because if I hadn't, they probably would have brought in a transfer or, or some other means to an end. And, uh, I never would have gotten that opportunity to to play O line, so you know it, it was a. I'm I'm really glad I did that. And not just play it, but absolutely thrive at second team All Conference. The only guy that was All Conference ahead of you, Zach Larson at Southern Utah, and he's a three time All American and a guy that's probably. I mean, he could get drafted, so uh, not a not a bad dude to get runner up too. But you mentioned the mm-hmm. fact that you had to put on some mass. You're already two sixty eight. That's a pretty big dude. And uh, so what did it take to get up to your 290, 295 pound, what you needed to do? I mean, I think people maybe don't understand the sacrifice oh. and how much diligence you have to do. Like, I mean, how much teriyaki are you eating to get to 290? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. And that's the thing. Is, I think I think people around the country would probably wish that eating could be their job, you know, just, just chowing down as much <laughs> as you can. But it's actually a chore. You know, all my friends here. Dante Olsen, he's, he's he's eating super lean, watching his calories, and I'm over here eating a shake at the end of the night. You know, it's it's just totally different. And I had to I had to eat probably you know six full meals a day, and a lot, a lot of dairy, a lot of carbs, a lot of fats, just to even marginally increase weight. And um, it, it I really you know the day where football comes to an end will be the day I eat salads the rest of my life because <laughs> eating is a, eating is a chore. Well, like Joe, uh, Joe Thomas, right? He retires from the Browns. All of a sudden, he's a GQ model standing up there in his tight pants and everything. He's yeah. looking great, right? <laughs> Unbelievable when you don't have to oh, do yeah. it like that. Now, let me ask you this, though, because this is intriguing to me. We know that you know when you're uh, you know scholarship and, and that you have you know you got the food zoo and everything like that and you got some food in the champion center and stuff but it's it's a huge expense to try and feed yourself like that constantly all the time so oh, yeah. how how does that work is there are there stipends built in I know to, to to that specifically because it's different if you are I don't know a cross country runner or a guy who's trying to get 30 more pounds to play on the offensive line in terms of what you got to consume yeah you know and, and unfortunately uh, in the FCS right now there's only very few places with full-blown uh um training tables where they feed you every meal but um Montana does a good job they provided lunch for us uh every day throughout the year the foods, and of course, that's all you can eat. So, we made sure to pack it on there. Show up and, at ten thirty, um, leave at two thirty. Is that yeah, the deal? Yeah. Try and get a little. <laughs> you try to get in. yeah. You, you try to get two at least two full meals in in that period during right. the food zoo, and um, that definitely helped a lot to mitigate costs. Um, I mean, you end up you end up spending more money, and there's really no way around it to to do that to to put on weight because not every meal, like I said, is, is incorporated like in some like in most of the FPS schools, but it, it's honestly not that big of a deal. I never, I was never really struggling. Montana treats their athletes right. And, you know, we get, we get a uh, good stipends that we can live off of. And, and so, I mean, I didn't really ever struggle with the purchase and the food aspect It's more just getting it all down. <laughs> no doubt. Well, we mentioned, we talked about your family, but I want to get a little bit of this uh, connecting all the dots. Cause your dad, he played at Idaho your uncle, like you mentioned, played at Oregon. He's coached at Washington. He's coached at Tennessee. He's coached at Cal. 
Your other uncle, Dave, he played right here in Missoula for the Grizz, was on the 95 National Championship team. Uh And now he's got a couple kids, I think at least Jacob Sermon I know, playing at the University of Washington. So from your perspective, obviously you're a Grizz through and through, but what was it like playing Idaho when you're playing your dad's alma mater? And now what's it like? I know you're a Washington guy, so you probably follow the Huskies, but when your uncle's coaching Cal and you're watching those games, what that part like? I mean, and what do you think of watching your cousin? You know, just take us through the, the whole family lineage here you got with all the ties in the Northwest. Oh, yeah. no, I'm play- Starting out with Idaho, you know, playing Idaho was, was kind of surreal just, just because I could imagine my dad, you know, lined up across from me over there. But uh, right. I asked him before the game, I was like, so who are you rooting for? And he goes, oh, Grizz. You know, his time was, he said, a lifetime ago, so he's all Grizz. And he was, he was stoked that we, that we won that game. But it's fun to watch all these different family members uh, play and coach. And it's stressful sometimes, you know, just, you know, when something's not going right, cause you feel for him. But, um, I mean, there's so many people to watch. Like you said, Jacob is quarterback UW, Peter's son. Jackson, uh, he's a linebacker over at UW. Uh, then there's also my uncle Thad, who's the eldest son. He he actually did. He wasn't uh, um, a full ride guy. He he walked on at Oregon State, but he actually traveled with the team. He was a linebacker there, and his kids, his, you know, his uh, eldest son Peter uh, pole vaulted here at UM, and now his uh, second or his youngest son has won the Junior Olympics for javelin and. So you got these other sports kind of in there too, and you get to watch all these people develop and and, and succeed, and it's it's just awesome. I mean, at that Thanksgiving, you, they can't be turkey. It's just not enough. It's got to be <laughs> buffalo that you got on the table there. I mean, that's an unbelievable group of cousins and uncles and everybody else sitting around that table for crying out loud. Side yeah. Sermon. Oh, it's- it is, it, is, it is a big-ass table. Yeah, no doubt. Cy Sermon <laughs> joining us, uh, former center of the University of Montana Grizzly football team and uh, uh, graduated now joining us on the ESPN roundtable. I got to ask you this now, okay? We're all in this weird space where we're trying to figure out what in the world we're doing, what's going on. We got the social distancing. We're not, you know, trying to go out and everything like that. Help the people of Missoula outside, okay? Because I think this is where the 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 – the men and kids, you know, you're the college guys have it figured out. They know what in the world to do when they're stuck at home for crying out loud. So what do people need to know? What is a day in the life of Cy Sermon right now where you're just kind of killing time? I realize you're still working out, eating, doing the thing, trying to be prepared, as prepared as you can be and all that. But you got some downtime, too, I got to believe at this point. So what, what are we doing? What do we need to invest in here for our time when we're trying to stay apart from each other? You know, I, I say get out. You know, get out. Get outside. And I, I, and I know the, the the rhetoric is stay home, so I don't mean go out around town. I get mean, outside. Get out in the mountains. Yeah. Right? Go go get fifty miles away from somebody. You know that that's that's what I like to do. You know, you, I'm a big fisherman. I like to go fishing, fly fishing, rod and reel, and you name it. So whenever I can, which is a lot more recently, uh, we'll go out. You know, up the up the Blackfoot or super far up the Bitterroot or take the dog on a walk in the mountains and just 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 stay moving it's good to be outside you know people if, if they're if they're quarantining inside for days and days and days and days you they get cabin fever you know and and it, it, no one's telling you not to go into the mountains That's just right. just don't go to costco and bump elbows with everybody you know buying 100 rolls of toilet paper every day you know just just go get out and uh, enjoy montana i mean that's why most of us live here in the first place i mean that's why i chose montana uh, to come to play football just because there's so much you can do in this beautiful area and you know, take advantage of that. Now, I'm a total dope when it comes to fishing, okay? So when you're going out and you're fishing, first of all, what are you fishing for? And are we eating it or is this catch and release? Like, what's the game here that we're doing on the rivers? I'll catch and release. I I don't ever really keep the stuff. I, you know, let them go, let them grow. It's kind of the same. And I'm going for mostly trout. You know, browns, brooks, rainbow, cutthroat. Because um, I like I fly fish most of the time, I'd say. But every now and then, I'll drop you guys a little secret: nine pipes reservoir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, great bass fishing. You know, bass in Montana, right? I didn't. You know, I thought they only lived in Texas. Whatever. No, they're, they're here, and it's a uh, great fishing up there. So now, but, um, now so, is going to have eight thousand people as favorite fishing spots. Yeah, because right <laughs> he just said it on ESPN Radio. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's a good place. It costs a little bit of money, especially as an out-of-stater. You know, the fishing license here are expensive. And you got to get another license on top of it. It's a reservation fishing license. But uh, I think it's worth the investment. No question. Well, what, besides fishing, what's your plan for the next couple weeks and months? I know you already graduated, and you were kind of just sticking around to train for this pro day. So are you going to keep training? If so, how? And, and what's the next couple months like for you? Well, it's just going to all come down to finding the field that's open and someone with a video camera because the, the NFL sent out um, kind of a rough guide to how to do this to a lot of the coaches, and Matt Nicholson forwarded it to me. And essentially they, they would like you to try to videotape a pro day, essentially, just so they can kind of watch you move and maybe get some of their own times off the video. And if you have access to a bench – you know, that's pretty undisputable if you, if you throw it up X amount of times that that is what it is. And they want to see those things still, so that's what I'm going to do. And it's kind of still up in the air exactly how. But um, we're just hoping that maybe we can access one of the high school fields or maybe the U if they let us onto the let us onto the turf and drag a bench press down there and just have a couple guys lift it on, something like that. But that is a big question mark. I still plan on doing it, and a lot of guys in town that are training for it are still planning on doing it. But uh, we'll just have to see how this week plays out. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have to circle back around with you because I I think we got some resource when it comes to video cameras. Our boys over at SWX maybe we'll have a little Tutel Nuanas slash FWX Montana Pro Day. We'll videotape it right. for you. We'll make sure we'll keep our distance, but then oh, we can yeah. have some videos. <laughs> maybe bring that telephoto lens. Get get on top of the skybox do it from up there yeah no doubt <laughs> well well good side well we appreciate having you on man thanks so much hopefully all this blows over so we can meet you down at the stockman's bar here and share some dobies teriyaki maybe a little beverage but either That's way man down. best of luck with everything and uh, we appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll be in touch with you okay awesome thank you so much you bet Th- thank you Cy. Cy sermon joining us on the espn roundtable and uh, it is he, it, the thing we didn't even touch on. I mean, he did briefly there, but he's an industry worker. I mean, he's a guy who, in addition to everything else, is also out of work basically right now uh, for the time being. So hopefully he can work into uh, into a little bit of stuff uh, from uh, the football side of things a little bit more. So that's that's awesome. Great to have Sion. We certainly appreciate it. ESPN Roundtable brought to us by Paradise Falls and Coulter Paradise Falls doing the right thing, just like uh, you know, just like most everybody. They got their doors closed. You're not going to the restaurant right now, but on the south end of town, man, they've been a staple for a long, long time uh, near the uh, intersection of Brooks and Reserve. A great spot, multiple places to sit, enjoy food, late happy hours when they're open, and believe me, when that thing gets rip-roaring again, that's going to be the place to be. No question, Paradise Falls announcing uh, today that they're going to obey the uh, the suggestions of the of Governor Steve Bullock. They're going to stay open through at least April tenth. Stay closed, excuse me, till at least April tenth. But when they do come back open, go hit them up. It's going to be a great place to watch the NBA playoffs if the NBA comes back. A great place to watch anything, but also just a great time, a great place to enjoy time with your friends and family. Great space, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a casino, delicious food. There's cocktail specials and drink specials throughout the afternoon and evening, two, late, uh, two happy hours and early and a late happy hour as well. So for any and all of your relaxation needs, head on over to Paradise Falls. And in the meantime, while we all get through this together, Paradise Falls reminds you, please support your local businesses. And when everything clears up, don't forget to support Paradise Falls and all the other local businesses that make Missoula, Montana so great. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula's coolest hotspot. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Aren't we all? 
Tell and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for being with us on a Wednesday evening. We come down to the last 30 minutes, the home stretch of uh, our last day in this studio. Again, want to remind everybody, tomorrow, no two telling the ones. We will not be on the air tomorrow. We will be back with you on Friday. We are moving to a new studio. Uh, we're looking forward to being in the new studio and having that all set and uh, and ready to go. Going to uh, allow us to do a number of new uh, things over there, so we're, we're excited about that. But the move is commencing in about 30 minutes, like as soon as we're off the air. We're ripping everything down to the studs out of this uh, old studio and taking it with us over to the new one. So uh, we appreciate everybody's patience with that, and uh, we will not be here again tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Friday. Hey, you ready for a new truck? We could use a truck today, I could tell you that. A couple of them. Well, get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals on the best trucks, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC. Uh, Coulter, I want to mention a couple things. You know, we're trying to allow every, you're trying to do our best in terms of, uh, you know, letting people know what's going on out there in the world. We want to have information for people when it's needed in terms of what's going on here locally in Missoula and Western Montana and so forth and so on. And there's a lot of businesses that are out there doing a bunch of things. We talked about the curbside pickup. It's available uh, from the Desperado Sports Tavern. Uh, I know that both El Cazador trucks are open on South Avenue and then downtown uh, in front of the uh, El Cazador restaurant. So you can get lunch and dinner there six days a week from El Cazador. But this is a good one as well. The Night Owl Liquor Store is delivering, okay, delivering to your house. 5 to 9 p.m. evenings daily. Obviously, you got to be 21. $25 $25 the minimum sale and $10 delivery fee. But to think that you can have it brought to your house in uh, times of need, that's very good and a great service. So the Night Owl Delivery, you can check them out online uh, and uh, the Night Owl Delivery at gmail.com there. A couple more of our big supporters to add to that list too. Hogieville Express, the new Hogieville that's open uh, in the Campus Inn on East Broadway. They have car hops now, so you can pull right up. You don't even have to go in the restaurant. You can call ahead. The car app will bring you your food. Or you can just go there, and they'll come out to your window and take your order and bring your food out so you don't even have to go inside. They do still have small dobby, lobby dining, but distance properly. Lolo Creek Brewing out in Lolo. They have pickup. You can go to lolocreekbrewing.com. Check out their menu, 430 to 8. They're doing pickup. Really good burgers, chicken sandwiches, so you can go order something up for the family. Um, and Tag Larry Deli, they are also doing pickup, and they can also deliver to your car as well. So all those local businesses, Dobie's Teriyaki, still taking to-go orders as well. So appreciate all those people for supporting us throughout all the times, and uh, we hope that you support them during these um, uncertain times. No question about it. Here's the thing that I'm bummed about. Not bummed about. I mean, I'm selfish, right? So we know this. I had gotten into such a habit of calling ahead. Like, here's a funny thing. Like, a lot of times people call ahead for a pizza, but you never call ahead for a burger, right? I don't, I don't know why some foods are like you, you like you phone in the Chinese, but you don't find phone in the Mexican, right? Like, when you're going to get these different – I got into this habit of calling ahead at all these places and, like, go, hey, it's 2 in the afternoon, 6.30 p.m. I'm coming to get this. Can we put in an order that's ready at this? And – I felt so good about myself, and now everybody's doing this, and I, I'm not ahead of any curb, curve anymore, and I'm very disappointed because I thought I had had, you know, I had it up on everybody, and I just walk up to the deal, and it's done, and everybody's standing there waiting, and I look like the genius, and now all these businesses, man, they're doing it for everybody. They're making it as simple as it could possibly be, and it's still all the best food around. That's one thing I must say, man, one thing I appreciate about Missoula. Now, look. It, San Francisco, Seattle, okay, we get it, these major urban centers. If you're talking about food and eating good food and varieties of food in the state of Montana, Missoula, and also like down in Hamilton, it's as good as you can do. I mean, there's, there's the breadth of food that is available uh, is, uh, is pretty outstanding in relation to the population that we don't have, which also turns out at this moment to be a pretty doggone good thing, if you're asking me. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter, I wanted to just talk a little bit more about Arthur Blank and this, this deal that he's doing. Uh, Arthur Blank is donating. He's, you know, he has a foundation, uh, the Arthur M. Blank Family Foundation, and he's donating $165,000 to a handful of different organizations in the state of Montana. 
Fifty thousand dollars to Hopa. What? What is Hopa? Do I know? Okay, okay. We don't know what Hopa is. We'll take. We'll see if we can find that out. Hopa, Montana. Fifty thousand dollars to the HRDC. Twenty-five to the Gallatin Valley Food Bank, and another twenty thousand to the Livingston Food Resource Center. And as we mentioned in the news, he he has a place or places down the Paradise Valley and so forth and so on. But Arthur Blake is a guy who has uh, been. Uh, 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 very philanthropic in a, in a lot of different ways. He's also a guy. Look, I, you know, I realize something like uh, you could you can think of this however you want to think about this, and that's okay. But Mike Vick, I mean, he he really hurt Arthur Blank in terms of what he did, and you know, had and been brought in. And I think there was a lot of uh, uh, you know, obviously disappointment over over what Mike Vick had done, but also. Just leaving the football team in a complete lurch after was he the first hundred million dollar contract of all time? I don't, uh, he might have. He certainly is the only guy to do do it twice, and he was the first one. And for for Arthur Blank to sort of overcome all of that and and reach the other side with Mike Vick, and Mike Vick has clearly changed a lot as well, and 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 uh, grown substantially from his errors and 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 uh, and you know, the way that he went to where he is now. But it's pretty remarkable because I think a lot of it, – it feels to me, right, and maybe this is too blanket of a statement, but a lot of owners, like, it's one and done. Like, you got one shot, and we're good, and then if we're not good, that's it, and you're – you know, we're done with this. We're moving on. And I've always respected Arthur Brank for the way he handled that situation over the course of time and also uh, the amount that he's given. And I must say, I – I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan at all. I don't. I don't really care about, about the Atlanta Falcons or whatever. Them losing the Super Bowl the way they lost it to the New England Patriots for his sake was very, very disappointing. I mean, you just can't help. I mean, certainly any guy on the team or whatever. But the way that that went down, we're just hey Matt Ryan, just don't get sacked here. And then he get and it's just like oh. It's just unbelievable. So anyway, but very, uh, very good on his behalf to to help out in that way. He certainly has the means to, but it just doesn't mean just because you do that you're going to do it, and he has done it consistently. There's a lot of famous people that live in southwestern Montana. I mean, the Yellowstone draw, the Big Sky draw, the Yellowstone Club draw. I mean, Sean Brady has a house at the Yellowstone Club, Phil Mickelson, Dwight Howard. There's a lot of famous people, especially people in sports. And John Mayer famously lives in the Paradise Valley. But the guy I've seen out and about the most in that neck of the woods is Arthur Blank. He's anytime you go to Livingston in the summer, he's just there, and and he he's he's obviously an incredibly wealthy and incredibly successful guy. He doesn't maybe have the star power of a a pro athlete, so he gets to act a little bit more like a normal guy. I don't think most people know who he is, but I've seen him half a dozen times, just you know, out and about walking downtown Livingston, you know, going to the the immigrant saloon, you know, just the little things, and uh, it's cool that he's thinking of Montana. $165,000 goes a long ways in Montana for nonprofits. So that's a very generous thing of him to do and, uh, and very cool. Speaking of famous names, I got to ask you this. So Joe Carlson, who we know is a keyboard warrior, the guy cranks content. He's the only guy that can, that can write as much or more than I can. I, I, he actually writes a lot more than I do, and he writes about all the sports. He's unbelievable. But he's been bright. He's been doing uh, kept catching up with people. So he's, he has a story today about Tristan Achenbach and kind of her thoughts on how her softball season ended. But his story yesterday was about Sophia Styles, and it was a Q&A. The one part that just screamed out to me, we know Sophia Styles has been banged up. We had heard that she had planned to have a minor procedure on her shoulder in the offseason. She talked about that in the story, but she just casually mentions that her doctor, who also fixed her knee, is Dr. James Andrews. This got my head spinning, because first of all, I was like, how is this happening? Second of all, is this legal? What's the deal? For anybody out there that's worried, it is legal. Through compliance, you can choose your own surgeon, and the school will cover the cost that they would pay their surgeon, and then you can pay the cost on top of it. So it's totally legal. But I just found that crazy that a girl from Alta, Montana, had her knee redone and now is scheduled to have surgery redone on her shoulder from Dr. James Andrews, the greatest, most famous orthopedic surgeon in sports. What has always concerned me is when is Dr. James Andrews sleeping? Because how many, how many surgeries is he doing? I, I have to think, though, that, I mean, to, for him to be here, it's like a clinic, right? It's like Wolfgang Puck. If you Now, I, I could be completely wrong. Perhaps he himself is doing a, every single one of these. But you go to some of these restaurants that are signature dishes created by a chef, but the, that guy or gal isn't the one back there actually cooking the food. And I wonder if there, there's got to be a stable of folks that are, you know, 
participatory in this and basically have you know crossed the threshold into Dr. James Andrews you know uh, uh, you know five star you know solid gold thumbs up realm or whatever it is and now they they you know work for him basically doing the thing and maybe he comes on and just you know checks out to make sure everything's okay or if there's a problem I, I don't know but it is remarkable that you know that LeBron James and Sophia Styles would have the same doc that they would go see. I've learned a fair amount about the orthopedics industry, actually, because a whole bunch of ex-Grizz players and coaches, too, Ty Gregorak, for example, Ty and Jace Palmer, Kevin Claybo, a bunch of guys that played for the Grizz, Zach Wagman, they all work at Stryker. Stryker Orthopedic, which is the, the company that provides the whatever you're getting, like the tools to do the shoulder surgery or the in, 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 in uh, cases of replacements, knee replacements, the arthritis or the – the, um, the fake hips and the fake knees and stuff like that. So I've learned a fair amount about it. But they say that most of the best orthopedic surgeons, they schedule surgery just two days a week. And then they do it from like 6 a.m. until 6 or 7 p.m. And it's just like uh, as fast as you can do it. But, but it's not as if they're rushing. It's almost like getting in the groove playing golf. Like these guys say that by the time they're out done with surgery number three, they're just in the zone so much that they can just knock out a knee surgery that time number one takes an hour and a half, then time number three, and then four, five, six, seven is just like an hour, 45 minutes, just whipping it out. And you do the same procedure over and over. So then as the day goes on, you're already elite at it, obviously, for Dr. James Andrews. But by the end of the day, that the person that's going last, they're getting the absolute best. They're getting the, the best James Andrews surgery. So I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say how they do it, but I do think that some of these guys, it's kind of like a sport. They just get in the zone and just bust them out. It's also amazing, too, especially in the, in the medical world, and, and a number of different ones, but how much reputation just matters. I wouldn't know a, a, a good knee surgeon from a bad one any more than I would know how to catch any of the varieties of fish that Cy Serban talked about. I mean, I got no shot at any of this stuff. But, of course, Dr. James Andrews, he's the guy doing it. I have no doubt that he is, as you said, elite at what he does. But I don't, you know. I'm taking this all on testimony. I got no idea why it is that he's so good. Like, again, to go back to the chef metaphor, at least I could eat the food and decide for myself if I like it. And I suppose if I have a surgery and then I can run again, then I would like that. You know what I mean? But you don't really know until after the fact. But it is it, it is pretty remarkable. And and by the way, within that article, as it pertains to Sophia Stiles, uh, her shoulder surgery was canceled because of the inability to travel and 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 uh, the COVID nineteen and all of that, and so now you know she's kind of in a holding pattern again. So we certainly hope the best for her because she's clearly, I mean, she's such an unbelievable recruit coming out of Malta and uh, a great basketball player, but has been compromised physically basically since she's been with the Lady Grizz. First of all, tearing the ACL and then whatever the the, the particulars are at the shoulder that we don't exactly know. But I, uh, you know, we just absolutely wish the best for her and a full recovery to be able to to meet her potential, which is through the roof in terms of her play on the floor. I mean, she was on this show three times early because she was great as a freshman, and then we haven't really got a chance to talk to her because she's been either out or really trying to find her way. So we do wish her the best. Hey, I want to, I want to have this discussion. On the other side, we're going to talk about exactly what you're talking about because it's not. I think that. It's the travel. She can't go see Dr. James Andrews. But the other thing is that so many hospitals across the country, they wiped their slates clean. And there's a lot of athletes that have not not necessary surgeries, but surgeries that are kind of scheduled for the offseason. So I want to talk about how that's going to impact surgery and recovery across all college sports after this. Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton, serving western Montana for over 60 years. Get in and test drive a Duramax, GMC, or Chevy Feel the difference and get the best deal at Mildenberger Motors. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, the last segment ever in this studio. 
You know, you're not supposed to feel nostalgia about inanimate objects, but, you know, gonna miss the old thing here. But that will go away as soon as we arrive in the new place. Friday, remember, no show tomorrow. Friday, we'll be there. If you want to hear anything in our show today, including our interview with Cy Sermon, who's outstanding around table, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. It's available all the time, and it is there thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all that. Hey, I want to remind you right now, at Kurtz Polaris, it's snow check season through April 15th. Experience the ultimate in performance, breakthrough technology, and intelligent innovation from Polaris with the introduction of their 2021 snowmobiles. Get to Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy to choose from over 100,000 combinations to customize your sled and be the first to get your 2021 Polaris snowmobile. You go in there. They're the experts at Kurtz Polaris. They will show you all of the different upgrades that are happening in the brand new sleds that are coming out later on this year. You can make it exactly what you want to make it with their help, and then as soon as it's ready, as soon as they're released, you're the first to get it. That's the beauty of it. Also, visit Chris to learn about the 2021 lineup and for special snow check warranty and financing op- options. Okay, you get over there, they're going to make sure that you're taken care of, that the sled's taken care of, and that you uh, are able to set this thing up and, uh, and, and uh, afford it easily. All the innovation and customization that's possible to have is waiting for you right now during snow check season at Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter, we were having a conversation about that, that sort of transitioned into off-season surgeries and people who are not having necessarily elective surgeries, but they're not surgeries that have to happen at a quote-unquote particular time. They just need to happen at some point so they can fix issues. And athletes often put off surgery so they can finish seasons and fight through whatever the ailment is and then have a procedure done in the off-season so they're scheduled. And right now, a lot of doctors, a lot of hospitals – are not allowing those to take place because they are preparing for more and more, you know, patients who are are ill or seriously ill uh, from from the the COVID nineteen that is going around and other things as well. Basically, things that are more pressing, that are more immediately concerning than fixing a knee or a shoulder or whatever the situation might be. Interesting though, because what's going to happen in two three months when all of a sudden, okay, well we can get back to football now. And there's a bunch of football players that have not had the work done that they have needed to have done and are still ailing or going to be much later getting ready than they would have. I mean, in the future, I would like to have an orthopedist or someone that works in that realm on the show. Because I think there's a lot of uncertainty about this in the understanding of the football fans. It's my opinion. This is not a doctor's opinion, but it's my opinion there's a certain number of injuries that then require surgery as a preventative measure that are overdiagnosed in football. I think the fact that most guys who play contact positions end up having their labrums repaired during their careers, I think that it's a little bit overdiagnosed. And what I, what I mean is, do they need? Did they tear their labrum? They absolutely did. That part's not wrong in the diagnosis. But if you don't have a fully torn labrum, you can play with a torn labrum. But also getting your labrum repaired does not ensure that it's not going to tear again. And the, the, the force and this the game that is football is going to tear your labrums. If, if, almost everybody's going to have wear and tear if they're an inside linebacker or you know, a guy that's lowering his shoulder and hitting you. So, I mean, I don't like, want to go too far down the road in terms of the medical avenue of it. But I do wonder if there's some guys that maybe don't have surgeries right now. That, that's actually a better thing because a lot of times the surgery and then the subsequent rehab and the amount of practice time you miss actually impedes you as much, if not more. That said, then there's also guys that maybe were scheduling surgeries that they do need to have, and you just wonder how that impacts it. And you know, to your point, it's not only to clear out the hospitals and stuff, but also it's because they need the extra beds. In case this COVID-19 really just explodes and hospitals are flooded, you just can't have – people that are just getting out of surgeries because that's just compromising them but also you just need the extra hospital beds too so it's a precarious situation but it's it's impacting so many different avenues and elements of sports and I think that's crazy I mean it, it really is crazy to think about over under that it's still snowing right now Coulter is it done because we're we've we're in a studio here where we're on the interior of a building now we got to hang this thing up and go go move a bunch of stuff, get it all out of here and over to the new studio, which I am excited about. It's going to be an interesting run. 
the the good thing is that the tables that need like two people to be carried are all eight feet long, so they've already been measured. So we can maintain distance from one another, Coulter, where we don't have to be in each other's space, you, me, and a handful of other people. They've already started it. Right here on live radio. They've already taken the door down. I mean, we're taking everything out of here. They've taken the door away, and now they're banging around with metal piping out here on our show. I guess it's I guess it's about that time to get on down the road. I am excited about this new studio. We're going to have a lot of capabilities there uh, that uh, that we haven't had here before, and we're looking forward to kind of uh, uh, unveiling some of those over the course of due time. Also, want to remind everybody we're looking forward to this. But Bobby Houck, uh, we are intending to have on the show, planning to have an interview with uh, Coach Houck on the show for Friday. So stick with us for that. Again, no show tomorrow, but Coach Houck with us on Friday to open to christen the new spot. Christen the new spot and. Uh, extend our Big Sky Conference Football Coaches Series. We impromptu had Dan Hawkins on the show on Monday. He got his calendar date wrong. He was actually supposed to kick off the series this next Monday, but he called in, and, you know, Dan Hawkins calls. UC Davis head coach, put him on the show. He was great. But next week, we'll also share my interview with Jeff Choate from earlier this week. We talked a lot about the way that this whole scenario is impacting Montana State, and we also talked all things Troy Anderson, all things, quarter, all things quarterbacks, the only things he ever talked to Jeff Choate about. And then next week, we also have on the docket Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State, Demario Warren, head coach at Southern Utah, Rob Fennessy, head coach at Idaho State, and our guy, Bruce Barnum, head coach at Portland State. So stay tuned to our Big Sky Conference Coaches Series. We have, we'll have interviews from the best head coaches in the Big Sky every single Tutel Nuanas for the next six Tutel Nuanas. That's going to be fantastic. And, yeah, circle – Circle the Barney interview, you know, because that thing's going to get sideways. We'll turn on the dump button. We'll be ready to go. That th- this this whole ten second delay system that we're on that definitely has to be put together correctly when we start interviewing Bruce Barnum. You know what I mean? Because you never know when you're going to need to just make sure that you are within the FCC regulations as you go through an interview with uh, with Coach Barney, who is absolutely the best we're looking forward to that very much boys and girls stay safe out there okay i know it's kind of an interesting time okay but coulter and i we're practicing social distancing we are uh staying low we're not going out we're not going to stores we are going on some walks you went on a nice drive the other day coulter you went all the way out of town you took you took cy sermon's advice and said six feet how about 50 miles how about 50 miles of distance between me and the next person? So that was excellent work by you. I, am, I don't know if I'm going to get 50 miles out of it, but I hopefully at least 10. You know, we can uh, do something like that and, you know, take care of each other while we're out there in the world waiting for this whole thing to pass us by. Coulter and I, we are going to take a quick, uh, oh, well, a 48, 46-hour break and, uh, and be back with you on Friday. But we appreciate everybody who's continue to be with us on this show and from this place. And we look forward to being with you from the newborn on Friday afternoon. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Thursday. And we'll see you on Friday. Coulter, it's Ryan signing off from the old building. We'll see you in the new one soon. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes. And they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold. Or visit online anytime, anywhere, MSU Bookstore. .org, MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.